<clears throat> Adam, come on. Pay attention. Sorry. We, we got to make the podcast. We got we to gotta make the podcast. Sorry, I'm just doing what I do on every <laughs> Zoom meeting, which is just browse Twitter and hope that I'm not sharing my screen. This is not... You got to focus. You got to focus. I okay. can't focus anymore. It's been too many days. All right. Fuck it. Let's cue the intro. From 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Alright, Adam, what is on Twitter? If, if you're not going to pay any attention to actually recording the podcast, putting in the effort like you said we would, at least you can tell me what's going on on the internet. Bird Twitter is doing well. Lots of people posting pictures of birds. Architecture Twitter posting some photos of some weird churches in the Midwest. And uh, Transit Twitter losing its collective mind over uh, a couple things. One, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio was driven to Prospect Park this weekend so he could take an early morning socially distanced walk. So Mm. Transit Twitter a little angry about that. A lot of people really angry about the crowds of people who went to see the hospital ship that docked on the west side of Manhattan yeah, today. That seemed very counterproductive. Completely counterproductive. I am already waiting for the think piece of the person who ends up on the hospital ship talking about how maybe they shouldn't have gone to see the hospital ship. No, but the hospital ship is not for people who have the virus. So what we need is the think piece from someone who was biking and couldn't get through the crowds of people, went onto the street and got hit by a car and ended up on the hospital ship. You know what would prevent that, though? Closing the cars, the streets to cars. Close. More bike lanes. More bike lanes. Your favorite public policy proposal. I think more bike lanes could solve... Other than coronavirus, I do not think there's a thing they can't solve. (laughs) Poverty. Okay. You you make a strong point there. Um, Perhaps bike lanes aren't the panacea we were hoping for, but ultimately what I think this is teaching us is that, or what coronavirus in general is teaching us is there truly is no panacea to this, right? There is no, I think Trump keeps thinking that there's some magic pill. There's nothing. There's nothing, not, not to be depressing, but it's, there's no magical Snap your fingers, have a house fall out of the sky and crush a wicked witch. Other than everyone literally locking themselves in a room for two, two and a half weeks, no one goes out, sort of like what's happening in Spain, total hibernation. But as we know, that's basically impossible because people have to go be... Healthcare workers, they have to go work at the grocery store. We, we need essential workers. And, you know, still, we need people who are going to get around on the subway, which I think actually brings me to our guest for this evening. Yeah, I think that's a pretty flawless transition. Talking uh, you about know, I, Twitter. We are getting better at this podcast. Talking about thing. Twitter, talking about our guest. Um, our guest tonight is a very popular Twitter user who goes by the name, uh, the nom de jour of uh, MTA Bitch. You can find them at, at 
MTA underscore bitch. Um, Are we allowed to say bitch on the podcast? Is I, that going to get us in trouble? I already said fuck to... Well... Shit. Ah, second time. <laughs> Luckily, we're we are, struggling here. We are not regulated by the FCC, so I think we can say whatever the hell we, we want. We could do that whole George Carlin thing, actually, and I guess we wouldn't get What is that, the seven? Seven words you can't say on, on television. Um, I, we won't say them here. I am, I, uh, I have not cursed. I have been very diligent to not curse. I have completely, you know divulged all sorts of things about my job and my inability to do my job while working remotely. Um, (laughs) But I won't curse because I know that three of our loyal listeners are my grandma, my grandfather, and the same grandma I just mentioned who's listening for the second time. So um, feeling very good about that. Welcome, Adam's grandparents. Maybe we will get a bleep machine. I think um, before we go to MTA, bitch, though, I think it is Monday. Let's just talk. How are you feeling right now? What are you going to try to do this week? You know, I'm feeling not great. I got to be honest. I'm going to show a little vulnerability to our dozens and dozens of listeners here. I'm feeling a fair amount of anxiety because I just don't know when this is going to end. You know, I, as I've talked about on this show, I... I'm a big cyclist, a big runner, and the way you can always get through a workout is you know it's going to end. You, you know, in, even if you're running a marathon, it's 26 miles, and if you have nine miles to go, you know how far you have to go. I think what's hard for me is just not knowing how long this is going to last and, and not knowing if this looks like the next three weeks of my life or the next three months or, or the next nine months of my life, and I think I'm, I'm finding that hard, but... I am, I am taking solace in, in the little things. Um, hanging out with roommates, a lot of Zoom calls, a lot of checking in with friends. And so I, those are making it better, but I, I won't lie. I will say I am a little bit in the doldrums. It's been a hard couple of days. The weather's not helping. Yep. Uh, I think I would echo the sen- sentiments. The one thing I am trying to make happen is I would love us to just accept that we need siestas now. I think an mm. hour-long nap in the afternoon would make everyone just that much better. Like, no one's rushing to get anywhere anymore. Just take an hour. Some people nap. Some people do whatever they want. But I think that time should be blocked out. No one should bother you. And it should be expected that when you come back, everyone says, how was your siesta? What did you do? I, I do like this idea. I will say you have already not to... Uh rat you out to our audience, but you have already actually started doing this. And I have to say, I give you a lot of kudos as the Mahatma said, be the change you wish to see in the world. So if you want to make afternoon siestas a thing, you are doing it, Adam. And so I applaud you for that. All right. Well, let's go to someone else who is doing what they'd like to do in the world and call up MTA bitch and see what they have to say. About about the world we are in right now. Hi. Hello, welcome to Coronapod. Hey, MTA bitch, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. So I've never been on a podcast before. It's uh, it's new to us too. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> so the the first question I'd like to ask is: Are we the first people to ever refer to you? 
in in like real time as MTA bitch, not over the internet. Um, I guess so. The first people to do it not as like a bit, you know, where it's like a friend or something. And and do you feel more official, less official, about the same amount? Definitely more official. I love it. So speaking of officials, I really want to get your take on a particular body piercing that a New York State official may or may not have. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about what I'm talking about. Okay, so I think today somebody posted a picture of Andrew Cuomo, and you know, he wears like very thin, like polo shirts. And they were like, oh, I, I forget what the specific thing was, but basically they were implying that he had like a nipple piercing, and in the photo, it really seems like he does. <laughs> Someone else found like an older photo. <laughs> Where it was like, oh yeah, that's definitely there, unless there's like a weird work situation going on, but that just seems less likely, because like, if you're the governor of New York, like, and you have a weird work, you can get that taken care of, you know, like, it seems way more likely that it's a nipple piercing. Also, it's just funnier, so I, I like that explanation, for sure. Do you feel that, have you weighed in on this discourse? I know that you, the reason we have you on the show is you're not just any Twitter user. You are a very popular Twitter account in New York City with thousands of followers who follow you for your witty takes on the uh, dysfunction and triumph of the MTA and all sorts of other uh, great takes on New York City. Have you weighed in on this to your uh, thousands of followers? I guess not yet. Um, I think I just wrote about it in passing. I think it's really important as an issue to discuss, you know. And I want to take my time crafting a statement, you know. Like, you can't just post bubble and know it. You have to, like, think about it, you know. You have to think about the impact. Right. Of course. And so what's the next step in the Cuomo nipple ring investigation, if we might call it that. So I think, you know, there just have to be more photos available. You know, we have to do some research. Um, I feel like also it's worth investigating if he has, like, a nipple ring personality, you know? Like, he did just get divorced, like, a year ago, right? And, uh, you know, people do crazy things when they get divorced. So I think this is worth investigating. Um, well, yeah, I think I think I, I just, the, it's, it's funny to think he would, you know, it's just a fun, fun idea. I think well, one to just clarify, he didn't get divorced, but he did break up with his long-term girlfriend. And oh, okay, all right, whatever. And um, he still has such divorced vibes, like like a human, you know, like regardless of if he's like with somebody or what the situation is. He just has a divorced personality. It's funny because right now he's getting a lot of uh, a credit for, you know, inspiring us in this time. It, are you are you up on Cuomo or do you think like this is, you know, he's doing a good job, but he he doesn't deserve all the praise he's getting? Maybe uh, California, Newsom, Inslee in Washington have actually done a better job, but because New York City is having a rough time right now. He's getting 
credit just for, you know, being the pilot of the ship, even though the ship is in a massive storm and he didn't really take the time to try to get them out of there. Or maybe you think he's doing a bad job. I don't think he's doing a bad job. I do think he's getting just, like, a lot of credit for being adequate, um, as you said. Like, I think that is... I think he's just very visible, and since, like, you know, Dan just has so many, like, people reporting on that, like, it's just easy to, like, see him as competent. And, like, wow, he should be president. He's just, like, doing what he should be doing. Got it. In terms of your, your focus is definitely the MTA. What do you think? How are they doing? I know that in normal times, we, um, we kind of uh, rip on the MTA a lot. How do you feel they're doing right now? So I think it's hard to say. Like, I'm not personally taking the train. Um, it's weird, actually, because sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll just, like, check the app to, like, see how the trains are doing, and it's always bad. Like, I think certain trains aren't running, some are, like, running on a weird schedule, some are, like, you know, expressed to local. Like, there's always a weird thing. And I feel bad for people who have to, like, commute after, like, you know, having, like, a 12-hour shift at a hospital or something. Like, that's just really shitty. But also, um, like, workers at the MTA has mentioned, like, they're not getting, like, the safety gear they need and, like, not getting, like, the adequate protection and, like, people have to come in sick and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's kind of, like, exposing some labor issues that the MTA might have of, like, how they're treating their employees, um, which I guess is always true a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just revealing, like, another level of, like, how they're kind of being shitty to, like, riders and also the people who work there. Yeah, yeah. The, the organizations not working out the way you would hope. I'm curious for your perspective on something that a lot of our guests have talked about, which is that the Internet is becoming a more positive place. People are working together. People are coming together um, and connecting in interesting ways. Is this something that you've seen? Do you feel like you are trying to participate in kind of a more positive take? Or from your opinion, is, it, is this just business as usual? I don't know. I feel like it, just compared to like when I started using the internet, it's just gone downhill since then. Generally, um, that might just be Twitter specifically, but um, I feel like the ideal way to like interact with the internet is that it makes you feel like the world is like very big and open and like makes you feel like a lot of things are like possible, which like I think is a problem in Twitter on Twitter in like a political way because I think it's you could just get very, like, bogged down in small details and not, like, that you're experiencing, like, a really specific corner of the world. And um, I think the, like, if there's, like, a positive point in reaching now, it's that, like, people are looking a little bit more outward towards other people and just kind of, like, 
it seems like there's a lot of like empathy for like people having to like you know you have to work during this whole thing and um i definitely see some positive stuff but also uh negative stuff but um i don't know it's it's i think it's also like the internet is obviously used for like more different things than it was when i was like the teenager on it so that might just be me but uh i don't know there's there's some positive some negative for sure mm. Last question for you is, you tweeted the other day, when will we feel young again? Followed by a few exclamation marks. And it wasn't posed as a question, so I'm not totally sure what you meant for it, but I'm going to turn it into a question. When will we feel young again? Or is our youthful innocence maybe lost forever after this virus? I think that, you know, in life, there's always going to be moments of positivity, <laughs> but um, I do kind of think, like, you know, it's, you're, you're like a young person at this time, it's really easy to, like, get disillusioned, and, like, there's just so much going on that you feel, like, old, even if you're, like, you know, 25 or whatever, it just feels like a lot of things have happened, and you've aged a lot mentally in that time. And, um, obviously, like, that always happens to everybody, like, as you, like, relatively school, you learn things, but, like, I think there's just sort of this extra sense of, like, any stability I might have, like, I know isn't permanent, and I think in order to, like, I guess feel kind of, like, okay in the world, you have to feel this stability. I'm sorry it's going on a whole other tangent, but, um... I feel like there used to be this thing of, like, you kind of go up and, like, you know, have a house, like, have some things you could kind of count on or expect to have those things. And now a lot of people just don't. Um, and there's just not... Like, in order to experience you, you have to have, like, things to look forward to. And um, it's, it's hard to do that, obviously, now. That was a real downer. Uh, real downer to me. <laughs> on on kind of a potentially a more positive note, I know earlier this year you took a a break from Twitter. A you you isolated yourself from Twitter. Is there anything from that experience that you think is relevant today? Should people be stepping away from the internet because the news is just so depressing and can't really help? Or would you tell people no, stick with it? you know, it's okay, it's important to know things. I think, so part of the reason I did that was just because I was like, I can't limit myself to like 10 minutes a day, I just have to have it not be an option. Um, And I did really like that experience. Like, it just felt like, you know, when you're a kid and you have all this like free time and you can kind of let your mind wander. Um... But, and also I think I was just like, if anything really bad happens, like, I will find out. Like, I think I was really relying on Twitter, like, a news source, and I was just like, nothing that happens on here is important. Like, I have to learn to not count on this. It's like, I'm finding out about stuff. Um, Because there's always that weird feeling of, like, you log in, and people are talking about something, and you have no idea what the context is, and just it's like the worst feeling. So I think just being like, 
just deciding to like check the news and find out about news from that is definitely healthy. Um, I do think Twitter is really useful, like in just feeling connected to other people and kind of like for I think for local issues that it's really good. Like I think um, like with Trent that you know everyone who's like an activist in that or like a reporter is always just like. You know, it's, like, really inspiring, like, people are really, like, fighting fight and, like, you know, doing positive things, and I think, like, using it for, if I was going to say, like, a summary, like, using it for local politics is really good, or, like, local issues, but, um, like, no one gets anything out of, like, reading Trump's tweets. It's, like, a not, not a useful thing to do. <laughs> Got it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, sharing your perspective with us tonight. I hope you uh, have some some fire tweets in the short term to uh, cheer people up and uh, stay health, stay safe, and um, stay healthy. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, MGA bitch. I think I think that's right. That being on social media to find out about national news is only going to be depressing right now. There's not going to be any good national news. But if you're using it in a careful, thoughtful way to find positive share stories of the community around you to try to stay connected to your community, that can be really valuable. But just getting know. beaten down day I after think, day. I think I got to get off Instagram. I'm getting so depressed seeing everyone else's bread that is turning out perfectly. I've not even attempted to make bread. You, Adam, have made some delicious bread, but your sourdough starter is struggling. Every time I go on Instagram, everyone's baking bread, and I feel like our household is behind on the bread baking front, and so for that reason, I I may need to delete my Instagram. I I take offense with that. I think I've had some very successful loaves, but you are- I gave you credit, I gave you you are correct. Right now, in our closet is the saddest 28% rye loaf. Um, I think some active yeast is gonna have to get added to try to pull pull it out of its slumber. Yeah, you know, the idea of uh, feeding bread, I didn't know, but you gotta get on that. Try harder. This has been Corona Pod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. Corona Pod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.